Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Thank you for the love. Thanks, brother. Um, we, we love coming up here. Actually, Kerry and I had a 15th wedding anniversary through the week. And um, so we often make a bit of a weekend of it and, and we arrange some, some care for our daughter, Bella, who's often with us when, when we're up here. And, uh, and we've been able to go out to dinner last night and then we would drive up here this morning and just be in church together, which is really cool. Um, so this is, a, this is a special treat. And just as we were coming down Pitt Road, I don't know if, if 96.5 listeners, our Solon Wellness Centre ad on 96.5 came on as we were just driving down on Pitt Road this morning. We're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. This is cool. Um, hey, um, despite the fact that you've just preached a series in honouring, brother, I need to let you know, I got a text message on Wednesday morning, right, from Dan, saying, mate, I'm just sitting down doing some planning for services ahead and just want to give you a heads up can you come and preach on Sunday? <laughs> the, the good news, that was great because we love coming, but brother, that's not planning. <laughs> that's not planning. Yeah. Just, just, so just, you know, just a little bit of prayer for Dan in that regard. Um, that'll be good. That'll be good. No, I do want to honour. The series in honour was a cracker. Dan, um, the message is enlivened my heart. Um, really cool. Um, over the last few months, actually when I was preaching here once, the Lord gave me revelation about another message and I knew it was going to be preached at, at hope here one day. And so he's staring, this has been staring in my heart for a while. Um, it's a message around pruning, right? And I got a, yeah, look at that picture. And when I was preparing this message, my son Isaiah, who's 11, he says, hey, Dad, what are you preaching on? And I said, oh, pruning, pruning. And he goes, oh, yeah, like, like that process you're going through of changing from a beautiful smooth plum into a dry old wrinkled hard piece of... I was like... Not quite, mate. Not quite that kind of pruning. I'm more along the lines of the kind of pruning that's mentioned in the Bible that is, that is part of a journey of following Jesus. It mentions it in John chapter 15, uh, verse 1 to 8. Just listen. Listen to what it says. This is Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, isn't that beautiful, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch 
and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask for what you desire and it'll be done. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Wow. There's a lot in that passage. But today we're kind of honing in on the concept of, of pruning, like a work of God in our lives that is part of the journey of following wholeheartedly Jesus. And Jesus gives imagery of this and helps us understand more of this by borrowing this picture of pruning in an agricultural sense, right? So just let your mind go there. What are you actually doing if you prune a plant? Just think about that. Isn't it that you are, you're cutting, right? You're cutting something off. You're snipping off shoots of, of foliage that, that maybe shoot off in a strange way according to the rest of, of the plant. You're cleaning up a branch by cutting growth away. That's, that's what pruning is. And this is the picture that Jesus chooses to help us understand something that happens in our lives in different seasons as we, as we follow the King. And then Jesus goes on to highlight some characters in this illustration so we can apply what he's saying to the journey of, of, of spiritual growth in our lives. First character he say, talks about is himself. He says, I am the true vine. That's Jesus referring to himself there, meaning that he is the connection point of true life. He's the, the common connection point of all kingdom forgiveness and presence and power and abundant life. Jesus is the vine, the connection point, and it kind of conjures up this this image, I don't know for you, but for me, it conjures up this image of a vineyard, like a large, sprawling vineyard. little bit of an illustration for the kingdom, a large, sprawling vineyard where the vine goes everywhere, where every branch living in kingdom life is connected to the vine. That's the, that's the kingdom picture that, it, that Jesus is painting here. That's cool, right? He's the vine. The source of connection goes everywhere in the kingdom. And then Jesus says, another character, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So when you picture that, you think of Father God as the one who, who roams the realm of the kingdom and the vine and the branches and the soil and the air and he, he lovingly tends to the vine and, and everything connected to the vine. He's the vine dresser for all of the kingdom. And then last in this illustration, there's the branches. If it's not Jesus and if it's not God the Father, who are the branches? You got it. That's us. The branches are us. It says it down there. Uh, and look what it says about the, the branches. I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, I just want to let you know, that's a really important line of scripture. And I'm not really going to delve into that uh, today. Not because it's scary or weighty. It's talking about spiritual discipline, that one. Where there's areas of our lives or overall in our lives when we're in Jesus, but fruit is not what's growing. Um, it's delving into that. And I want to let you know, I'm, I'm not speaking too much about that. Not because it's scary or weighty. It just wasn't the place of revelation for me when I, when I went in this passage. The, the place of revelation was the next line. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Every branch that bears fruit gets pruned. You got to get that. Every branch that is connected to Jesus in the vineyard of true forgiveness and kingdom life in the kingdom, that is bearing fruit, right? It's bearing fruit. Every branch like that gets pruned. Remember what pruning was. It's cutting off. It's cutting off growth. It's a a cutting away of growth and fruit that we've seen come through our lives. God snips off shoots of really nice green foliage growth that has come. That's what he does. The actual word translated as prune here is kathero. You say it, kathero. Why is Greek so fun to say? Kathero. Kathero, it's, it's to purge, to expiate, to cleanse. It's got the idea of things being chopped off, cut back for the benefit of the believer, the overall work of the kingdom. And, and, and God does this pruning in different seasons of each of our lives when we faithfully follow Jesus. But you know, in the home I grew up in, pruning didn't, engender a very positive association. So um, my parents are gardeners, like really good gardeners. And so I grew up in a home where I'd, I, there were beautiful lush gardens out the front, bushes flowering and, and all really nicely landscaped and lush. And, and, and I used to love it coming home at the end of the day. I'd catch the bus home from either school or uni, round the corner of the bottom street, look up and, oh, there's a beautiful garden, full and lush and dense and rich and wow, amazing. Every now and then, though, I would have the experience of coming home at the end of the day, rounding the corner and, like, where there was a beautiful garden, there's just now these sticks (laughs) just sticking up out of the ground and the sun was hot and it looked arid and I'd go inside and I'd go, Mum, what happened out there today? And Dad would be... Dad would be off to the side somewhere pretending like this conversation is not happening and mum would go, well, your father got a little bit carried away with the pruning. (laughs) 
And Dad would be like, oh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine, Joe. Like, there's nothing, yeah. But I would look outside and I'd be devastated. And I'd feel the pain of the plants, you know, that beautiful plant. And the thing's been chopped off. That poor thing's been trying so hard. And, and, and now it just gets cut back, this stick. And pr- pruning, well, it just was never a very positive association for me as I was growing up. You know what I found? As I talked about this message to people around me who follow Jesus, Jesus as well um, in preparing this and mentioned pruning. That's the kind of reaction I got. That's the that that's the feel like I'd they'd say, oh, what, what are you doing? Oh, I'm preparing a message on pruning. And some people go, yeah, mm. Mm. yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Other people would go, ooh, ooh, all right. Like there's this understanding that yeah, I I got stuff in my life. I deserve it. I deserve pruning. Um, these reactions after I read this passage started really sticking out to me because um, pruning is not cast in that light in this passage at all. It is so different. You've got to pick up the feel around pruning in this passage. Every branch that bears fruit gets pruned. Do you know the only way to produce fruit that this passage says? It's to what? Abide? Abide? It's every branch that abides in Jesus beautifully, every branch that is doing stuff right, gets pruned. Gets pruned. Let me show you this picture. This next one, that's a a pot plant at Kerry's in my place. We're not known for our gardening ability, but we give it a shot. But like, and, and I know the history of this plant, but I don't know about you, but I look at that plant and the first thing I think is it needs a prune, right? It's evidently, well, it's, it needs a prune. But why, why do you think that? When you look at that plant, like what is it about that plant that engenders you to think, well, that needs a prune? It's because it's grown. That's Why? You don't look at that plant and think it needs a prune because it's withered. You don't look at that plant and say, well, it hasn't grown one bit. I'll prune it. No, you look at that plant and you know it needs a prune because everything's gone really well. We only splash a bit of water on that when we can remember. And it's been out in the sun and man, has it grown. We look at that plant and we say it needs a prune because everything's gone right with it. That's the truth. And that's the feel around pruning from this passage that God does in our life. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes. Can I remind you that in the passage, yeah, it's, you have to abide to bear fruit. It's the only way to do it. So you abide and bear fruit and you get pruned. So listen, pruning doesn't happen because there's something going wrong in your Christian life. That's not why pruning happens. Pruning isn't what happens when it's time for judgment or punitive action. It's not. This passage talks about a work of that, that can happen in our lives, but it doesn't call it pruning. It calls it something else. Pruning is actually how God lovingly tends to branches that have have remained and abided. 
who have obeyed even through hard seasons and in whose life there has been incredible kingdom growth and in whose life Jesus has been free to bring about such beautiful, abundant fruit. Pruning isn't happening because something's gone wrong. Pruning is happening because something's gone right. That's why. When I realised this, it changed me. This is one of those things that came as revelation, right? And I don't know, I don't know if you find this, but when you get something by revelation, you can't put words around it that explains it. It's hard because you kind of use the same language you used before, but it just means a different thing to you now. And this, this changed me. Because I've been pruned, right? I've been wrenched from where I was, where I thought I would be for my lifelong. And I got pruned. And for a long time in the process, I thought, why is this happening, God? Show me where I went wrong. What's going on? Why, why, why this change? Show me where I went wrong. I, I used to say to God, all I've ever wanted to do, all I've ever wanted to do is follow you. I don't do that perfectly, but overall my heart is, Jesus, I want to be where you want me to be, when you want me to be there, and come Holy Spirit and do a work. And then I got wrenched. I got wrenched out and fruit that I loved looking at and growth that I loved being a part of. I was now gone from there. I said, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know if in your journey here at Hope you've had times like that. You know, I thought we were going to just keep going in momentum this way, but we, we lost something. And our heart overall, we said, was just to worship you, but then fruit got chopped off. It's easy to mull over, especially when you're so attached to what happens. You so want God to work. It's easy to think, well, show me what I did wrong, God. I'm confused. Show me. Where am I at? God says, there's nothing wrong. It was pruning. It's pruning. It's part of it. It's pruning. You know, I want to say, if your heart is truly over all for Jesus and the things of the kingdom, and if you can honestly say, my heart's for Jesus. I'm not saying if you live that out perfectly. I'm just saying you know where your heart's at. If you can say, my heart's for Jesus and following him, and if you're pressing into him but you look around, and you're experiencing some, some pain of loss. Maybe you've been in a place before where there was like awesome growth and that came to an end. Or maybe you've seen some fruit that you loved seeing come about through your life as you live for Jesus. But in this particular season, it's changed and it's, it's gone. Or maybe you experienced this sharp pain of the gardener just coming and snipping off a branch, an, an area. And maybe in the midst of that, you've been going, what? Maybe I've only had a negative paradigm to view that through. This must be because something's wrong. This has to be because there's something not going on. This is happening because something is wrong. I want to do a releasing work here today, all right? I want to just say in Jesus' name, I want to cut those thoughts off. And I want to say in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, come because the Father's saying this isn't because something's wrong. This is pruning. 
This is because there's an awful lot right. You imagine the gardener, Father God, walking into the vineyard of his kingdom this morning and he happens across you. And he locks eyes on you and he goes, wow, look, look at that branch. Look how that branch has abided in my son, Jesus. He goes, oh my goodness, look, last time I was here, you were like this. Now, now there's just growth and foliage. He stands back a bit more and he looks while still looking at you and he goes, and the fruit, look at the kingdom fruit, look at the giftedness, look at the salvation, look at the restoration and the love and compassion. Look at that on the branch. He comes along, he says, wow. And his heart brims with joy and delight over you. And he says, you don't take these branches away. You prune them. I'm going to prune. You know, and I got this revelation. It was cool because I used to wince at pruning, but now I don't. Now I go, yeah. I got pruned. I got pruned. It means something. It does. It does. It, it means things have gone right. It means there's been incredible faithfulness. It means there's been obedience. It means the vine dresser looks at you and goes, that one doesn't get thrown away. That one gets pruned. That one gets pruned. That's the feel you've got to get about pruning from this passage. It's not negative. It's not punishment. It's not anything like that. It's not because things have gone wrong. Now, get me on this. I'm not saying it's not because there aren't things wrong, right? But the pruning doesn't happen because things are wrong. You've got to get that. None of us are perfect. That's the truth. But pruning happens when growth has happened and things have gone right. This is his word today. And the, the irony is that while we're sitting there experiencing the pruning, expecting that this is because or envisaging this because something's going wrong, the truth is the gardener comes along and he goes, well, you're doing everything right. <laughs> That's his heart. That's his thought. It's really cool. And he brings with pride. When the penny dropped around this for me, it just, well... It changed everything. I love it. But I want to let you know too, pruning doesn't just happen because things have gone right. And pruning doesn't just happen because there has been faithfulness and because there has been growth and because there has been fruit. Pruning happens in large part for one reason by the gardener and that's because he knows there's, oh, there's more. Oh, lots more. Faithfulness and fruit and, and, and growth in the previous season means there's potential for, wow, new season's fruit, more. You've got to get this in verse 2. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. That's why he does it. It's one of the only reasons that it will bear more fruit. Verse 7 and 8, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified. So this is a good thing. This is cool for the Father to be glorified when, when you, 
and me, when you and me bear much fruit, much fruit. It's the only reason the gardener prunes. And when it comes to um, bearing fruit and then pruning and then bearing fruit and then pruning and then bearing more fruit, I, I couldn't go past a guy, Philip, in the Bible. He, his story is in Acts 6 to 8. And I don't know if you're familiar with Philip, but he came to Christ um, in the early parts of the early church in Jerusalem. He's not an apostle, Right. But, but, he, but his story starts there and he converts to Jesus. And right from early on in his life, it says of Philip that he was known for being full of the Holy Spirit. Now that meant supernatural things were evidently going on through this guy's life. Like he was fruitful. And then when the church voted about uh, picking some people to look after the distribution of food, Philip was one of those that got picked. So this guy, he came to Christ and he's, he, he's off and running. The church at this stage is flying. Flourishing in Jerusalem. Thousands are coming to know Jesus and incredible things are going on. And Philip's right in the middle of it with the fruit and, and, and the giftedness and all that sort of thing. And then persecution came. And Stephen got killed um, for living for Jesus. And it actually says at that point, everybody except the apostles in the Jerusalem church scattered. And so Philip was one of them. Now you think of that for Philip. Everything he knew. Every bit of fruit that he'd seen come about, the, the ministry he'd been given, the home he had, the mentoring from the apostles was gone in an instant, snipped off, cut back. Philip ends up outside Jerusalem, dislodged, disoriented. And what did, I don't know what went through his head. Did he think, what did I do wrong? I'm not sure he did actually. It said he went to Samaria and he didn't give up on Jesus. And you know what he did in Samaria? He started telling people about Jesus and about what Jesus can do. Do you know what happened in this place in Samaria where he was? Well, healing started happening and demons started getting cast out. And such a revival erupted in Samaria after this time of pruning and barrenness. He goes in and fruit started coming more than anybody ever imagined ever would. Like nobody ever thought a Samaritan was going to receive the Holy Spirit, but that's what happened. Peter and John back in Jerusalem get word, hey, there's something going on. Over in Samaria, we'd go down there. Stuff's happening around Philip. We've got to see it's all right. They went and they, they saw what's going on. They prayed for the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit fell on Samaritans. And, and that's the first time it's recorded that, that nobody ever expected the kingdom of God would extend that far in, in such a way. It's amazing. Another revival breaks out. Things going on. Philip's right in the middle of it. Then an angel of the Lord came to Philip and said, Hey, Philip, go from this place and go to the desert road. That road that's so named because no one's there. And it's arid and it's dry and it's lonely. Go there. You know what that is? That's pruning. <laughs> that's pruning. So there's Philip sitting on the desert road going, well, what's all that about? The fruit's over there. I'm over here. A guy comes along in a chariot and he's reading Isaiah. And the guy in the chariot goes, whoa, if only there was somebody here on the desert road who could explain to me these things I'm reading about Jesus, you know. Is there anyone here? And Philip goes, I'm the only one here. I'm the only one you're likely to see for a while. Well, how about you come up and tell me? And you know what? There was a beautiful 
ministry Philip had to an Ethiopian eunuch, a man of, uh, of such standing in an African nation, like his influence was absolutely incredible. He accepted Jesus on the spot. They baptised him and he goes to Ethiopia and is the first recorded case of the gospel taken to, to Africa. That's fruit. That's growth. That's fruit. This is what goes on. This is what happens. Pruning happens because there's been faithfulness and obedience and fruit and it is painful and the experience of pruning is loss and pain and a diminishing. But the truth is it happens because the gardener has happened across you and gone, wow, what an awesome branch. I'm going to prune that one and then you wait. There will be blessing and kingdom power unfolded through that branch that not even the branch has the ability to envisage. There will be fruit in a new way, in a new horizon, in a broader sense, in a more powerful way than anyone has ever imagined, like salvation, giftedness, blessing, restoration, gentleness for those who are hurt. It man, you watch this. This is going to explode. It's so ironic. The purpose the gardener prunes for is the opposite of what the experience of pruning feels like. That's the truth. Pruning feels like pain and loss and diminishing, but the purpose the gardener prunes for is about abundance and life and power and growth. And that's what he's doing for the branches who abide. For the branches who abide. Huh, this is interesting. Abide in me. You can't miss it. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me. Like there's so many times in there. You can't miss it. The branches that abide, it's not an if. It's, it's, it's not a, well, you know, let's just see what happens if they abide. This is an ironclad certainty from God Almighty. The branches who abide in Jesus will produce fruit, abundant fruit, huge fruit. Couldn't be clearer. But what is abide, you know? What's abide? We're all kind of good Christians and we nod our heads. Abide, yes. Yes, brother. We need to abide. Even sounds nice, doesn't it? Like when you think of abide, you go, do you go to, I go to a peaceful stream. I'm just sitting. Abide. But really in the nitty gritty, in this context, what, what is it? You know, a little while ago, Kerry and I planted a night jasmine down one side of our house. And we put this night jasmine in like against the house and it started to grow. And it didn't take long before we realised that if we left that night jasmine there, it was probably going to punch a hole in our eave that was right above it or something like that. And Kerry was saying to me, we're, we're going to have to do something. 
we, we, we can't leave that there. And so, but I was like, well, what? Well, what? I mean, it's growing so well. And, and, and we thought, well, we'll either pull it out or we try to transplant it. Now, transplanting a plant, consider that as, let's call that extreme pruning. Like that's not just cutting a branch or for something like that. That's, that's extreme pruning. Anyway, we got it there. We dug around this plant as best we could and I could hear the roots snapping. As I, as I pull it out, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really concerned about this night, Jasmine. Over the other side of the house, a bit more open space, we dug a big hole and we chucked it in like that. Some of the roots were still sort of sticking out, so I just, I just shoved them in <laughs> like that, put the dirt back in and then, and then watered. And I remember saying to Kerry, I don't know, like this one... This is pretty big. That, that, well, that's extreme pruning, isn't it, really? That doesn't get much bigger than that. We cut it down, we, yeah, whatever. We both thought this is probably going to die. So it was no surprise to us over the next few days as leaves started turning yellow and curling up and eventually a lot of leaves just, just dropped off. And I was like, ah, oh, this is, we've lost, this, this one's gone. But Kerry said, hang on a minute. Have you noticed, have you noticed that night, Jasmine? I've got a picture of it in this moment. Can we go to that first picture of the... Do you see that? Oh, you're looking up there. I'm looking here. Kerry said, have you noticed that that night Jasmine has only dropped leaves on one side? Do you see that? On the, on the, that's the right, isn't it? Yeah. On that side, it dropped all its leaves. And on the other side, it kept them. And then Kerry, while we were marvelling at that, goes... Actually, the side where it's kept the leaves is where it gets first sun in the morning. And that's right, that's the east, out that side. So you see this night, Jasmine, when it got pruned, it didn't just curl up and die. It actually kind of went into this mode where it went, you know what, I'm going to forget about throwing growth for a while. And I'm going to stop worrying about where the next fruit is going to bear on my branches. And I'm just going to keep the leaves that have first connection with the sun and longest connection with the sun. I'm going to keep those ones. Everything else, I'm just going to let drop. And we're just going to do that in this season. And then check the next, the next picture. I took this one. It's like a month later. It's like a month later and now we're thinking that thing's going to get too big where it is and we're going <laughs> to have to extreme prune yet again, yet again. <laughs> In times of pruning, isn't it tempting to medicate the discomfort we feel by saying, I've got to grow I've got to find a place of new growth and I've got to get there and I've got to make growth. Or when things are being cut away, isn't it tempting to go, oh, this is not comfortable that I don't have that fruit around me anymore and I can't see that and so I've got to throw an apple. I've got to do something, make some fruit come out of these branches somehow. You know, this is where I reckon that night Jasmine knows more than what I do because it knows in times of pruning, you forget about that stuff. That almost sounds unchristian, doesn't it? Forget about the growth. Forget about throwing fruit 
None of us can do that anyway. That's what this passage says. Abiding is about having a time where you lose everything else except that which we press into Jesus with no other agenda than just being with him. And I loved how you picked out in that prayer time that some of us have been dislodged recently and today we're being called into rest, rest, rest. This is what this message is about because some here, you're being pruned. You've been confused about it. You've wondered, what have I done wrong? You've tried to grow more fruit and you've spun your wheels and gone, I've got to get back to a stage where I'm thriving and and all that sort of stuff. But this morning, Holy Spirit comes and says, how about abide? How about you know the release of guilt and strive and make this happen? How about you hear from the vine dresser that you are an amazing branch, so beautifully faithful in abiding, so free for the Father by the Spirit to come and bring about growth and fruit. And he celebrates that and then says, those branches I prune. So how about you for a time abide? Forget about where the fruit's coming from. Forget about throwing such a beautiful, dense branch of foliage that you can't do if you try to do it yourself anyway. And just come and sit. Just come and sit with Jesus like times of prayer where you're not asking for anything or that aren't driven by this need you want to see fulfilled or something like that, but just times of prayer where you gaze into the unimaginable beauty of Jesus and sit. Times with Jesus where you actually kind of surrender to the pruning instead of fighting it and you embrace the reality of it, even the pain of it, but you don't want to leave there too quickly. You say, all right, Jesus, the vine dresser's come and pruned. And so I'm sitting with you now. I'm forgetting about growth and fruit and I'm just going to come and sit with you. Do you know when you do that? This is not a gamble. This is not an if. This is, hey, if you haven't tried this before, do it. It might, might work. It's not like that. Jesus says, the ones who abide bear much fruit. The pruned branch that presses into Jesus in every moment of every day and every week and every month as you do it with regularity, they bear fruit. They don't stay pruned. They grow. Kingdom growth like you couldn't predict. Power like you wouldn't dare imagine would ever come through your life. An incredible growth. That's pruning. I get a really strong sense he's pruned. You don't know the release of that. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. The vine dress has come. He's pruned. And you wait. You wait. You abide and wait. The day's coming. Unimaginable fruit.
I just want to invite you to stand and, and, yeah, team, come back and join us up here. I'm going to pray in a moment and then uh, we're going to have a song, Build My Life, I think it is. Um, I want to encourage you if, if you know, if you felt released this morning actually, if you've never seen pruning in a positive light, and if you felt that release this morning, then just take an opportunity as we, as we do this next song to put action around the abiding and I know we're in the four walls of the church here and we don't have much room. And I know sometimes we feel a bit awkward about looking different to other people. But we're all friends and no one's going to care if any weird stuff goes on. Um, I mean, we're a bit weird. But just take a moment to abide. Just, just take a moment to stop and abide, whatever that looks like for you. Neil, go to a corner when no one else has already gone or something like that or, or, or your own space. Remove yourself somehow. Get out of the routine of what you're used to doing and just with this heart of saying, all right, Jesus, for no particular answer, for no particular thing, without trying to produce fruit or throw a branch, I'm just coming to sit with you. And just put some action around that now. It's almost a symbol of what you can then go and do in your normal life routines as you go. But I did just want to say, um, I did just want to say, Dan and listen and, and leadership, there's, n- there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Mm. It's pruning and there's fruit coming. Because the Father has happened across this place and He's delighted. He's absolutely delighted by how you posture before the King and how you abide. And He has been free to bring fruit, growth in seasons past. And He prunes and He prunes. He does it for only one reason. Um, He's about to bring immeasurable fruit and growth. And you don't have to produce it. He'll do it. It's the only way it can happen. You just know the joy of abiding. Yeah, so abide. I don't know of any better God than you, Lord. And I'm so glad you're the vine dresser. <laughs> the pruning's painful and I know you know that. It's hard for us to lose past seasons, fruit, growth. It's hard for us to go through processes of diminish and pain and dislodging. But we come to abide in you, risen Lord Jesus Christ, our vine, the one, the source, the connection point of every blessing in kingdom. And we come right now to sit before you and abide for no other reason but to spend time dropping every other leaf in our life except those leaves that are oriented directly towards connection to you. We feel the release of that as we do that now and also the excitement of that. Though there is pain at the moment of pruning, we come to abide. Holy Spirit, this is yours. This is yours. We just take the invitation to abide, to kneel, to sit, to remove ourselves and be with you. Holy Spirit, the floor's yours in our lives, in your church, in this community. We do look forward to seeing abundant fruit, but it's yours, Lord. It's for your glory and it's for you to anoint and pour out. Thank you, Father. Come.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.